When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's a Scoop Tuesday here on the podcast. That's where we bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wilson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department for some inside information and some speculation about our favorite Minnesota sports teams. Congrats, Dukes. You were all over the Mike Conley extension, even down to like pretty close on the numbers. So that happens yesterday. We could talk about that, but man, we have NFL free agency season looming here. The combine next week. There's all sorts of stories coming out now about like Florio's on a roll on pro football talk about Justin Jefferson and whether they will or won't go more than one guaranteed year and Kirk Cousins. So you tell us, Dukes, where do you want to start here unpacking some of the Vikings loose ends going into free agency in a couple weeks? Well, I mean, Phil, we can start right there. So, Judd, like, do you have TJ Hawkinson's extension details, like, top of your head? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, like, 99% sure they are guaranteeing money beyond one year. So, like, this talk of the Vikings only guaranteeing a quarterback beyond one year like, that to me flies in the face of this TJ Hawkinson extension. I think I can straighten this out, dude. So, M- Madison also has, has guarantees into 2024. This yeah, is I mean, what... 93% of Madison's contract when he right. signed it last March was guaranteed for two years. What we're taught, what he's saying is full guarantees. So, like, Cousins had a three year fully guaranteed contract, Jefferson wants full guarantees. So, there, there's no hesitation to guarantee money beyond 24. What there is is 
a pushback of guaranteeing fully a contract beyond the first year. What they want is they want the guarantee for 20. Uh, so, so this contract was starting 25. They want the guarantee for 26 to kick in in 26, not, not upon signing. And, and what Florio brought up and it does make sense. Like, like at first I thought, is he like hearing this or what? But you can tell he, he was told my guess is that the Jefferson camp is singing like canaries right now. But uh, what he brought up was when Carr signed his contract with the Raiders, it had a brief out in year two, and the Raiders exercised the out and got out. So what the what the Vikings don't want to do is have a full guarantee where if something, God forbid, happens to Jefferson, they're, they feel stuck. It's still so weird, but it's full guarantees. It's not just guarantees. Well, I mean, I wonder if it's guarantees even beyond 26. Like, are You're, we talking 27? You might be right. I guess that becomes a slippery slope. Yep. But, like, let me make this very clear. The Wilfs aren't dummies. We can attack the Wilfs on many fronts, but they're willing to spend money. They also fully realize Justin Jefferson is the face of the franchise. I'm saying because the deal came so close on September 9th, I'm telling you, there were Vikings folks who thought Penn was about to be put to paper. That's how close an extension came before that Sunday opener against Tampa that I'd like to think that they can find a way to get this done that does include guarantees beyond 25, 26, whatever it is, beyond one year. I guess if we're talking a fully guaranteed, like four years, $175 million, okay, that's a different discussion. Like, would anybody guarantee a wide receiver that much money over four years? But like the Wilfs, like, I don't think that's going to be some sort of breaking point. Guarantees beyond one year. And so I'd still like to think that this thing gets done, doesn't need to get done right now. Yes, I do believe it's the Jefferson side that's doing some chirping. I have no doubt about that. It's not the Vikings. That's fine. That's what Florio does. That's what we all do, right? We're reaching out to different sources. We're trying to gather as much information as possible. But I'm coming from the Viking standpoint that I just don't think guarantees beyond one year will be any sort of breaking point. You guys see in the end of The Departed with Jack Nicholson and all great those, film. right? Mark Wahlberg. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And there's that chaos outside the elevator or on the rooftop or whatever. And they're all like, it's a standoff and everyone's waiting for someone else to make a move, right? So you've got, right now, this is what's complicated. You've got Justin <laughs> Jefferson waiting on the Kings to kind of figure out their quarterback situation, or at least that's what's being portrayed from his camp. You've got yes, Kirk- although he... Like, Phil, he'll put pen to paper. He will. Like, if they're willing to pay him what he's looking for, right? Like, his agency yeah. represents J.J. McCarthy. If it's J.J. McCarthy as the Vikings quarterback, like, I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to say, no, I'm not signing. That's just one example. But then you've got Kirk Cousins who's waiting for the Vikings to up their offer. But also, like, if you're Kirk and the Vikings come back and say, yeah, we're, we're not going to re-sign Daniil. We're kind of going into a reset mode. He's kind of waiting on a couple things. And then Daniil Hunter is waiting on the Vikings to figure out the Kirk Cousins situation until because it's like Daniil's the one that's been neglected the most, it kind of feels like, with all these conversations. So I guess I don't know how they're going to get all these dominoes to fall in line the way that they want to before March 13th, which is the deadline for these void years to kick in and for the or for the for the contracts to void and for these guys to explore free agency. This this feels like it could end in the Vikings losing 
a lot of key pieces much more likely than them getting everyone back in house, I guess. Well, I mean, like, how do you view that? Like, if they're not willing to guarantee for Cousins 2026, which I told you last week, like, I would be very surprised if the Vikings were willing to guarantee money for Kirk in 2026. Do you define that as a loss? Or do you just say, okay, like, yes, mutual interest. Yes, you know, if there's a way to make it work, Kirk back, great. But we're also realistic. Like, this isn't the Rick Spielman regime. And so, I don't know, Phil. Like, do you look at that as a loss? I mean, Daniel, you know my I take. Get. Like, Daniil didn't cash out his last contract. I think Daniil ends up with the highest bidder. Whether that's Jacksonville, the interest going back a year. You know, this new reported interest, although Chicago ended up talking to the Vikings last summer about a trade. So Chicago's had some interest in Daniil going back some time as well, or maybe some other team. Like, I just have a hard time believing the Vikings are going to make Daniil, as much as he loves it here, as much as Brian Flores wants Daniil back, I have a hard time believing the Vikings are willing to give him the highest financial offer. And so I can see Daniil leaving. You know, now even on Monday, we have the Marcus Davenport news. I mean, I would have told you guys on December 30th, January 2nd, January 8th, like no way, no how. Now, they did this with Dalvin Tomlinson last year, pushing back the void date. But I guess if you could convince him to come back, low base salary, all sorts of incentives for games played, maybe, I'm a big believer, time heals just about every wound, right? So as frustrated as the Vikings were that he did not come back in December, like they thought he'd be back after the bye. Yeah. And so the fact he didn't come back for not only that Vegas game, but then the Bengals game, then the Lions game, then the Packers game, then the Lions game. The fact he missed all those games December into January, there was a lot of internal frustration in Egan over that. But I guess there's a way if he's willing to accept a low base salary. Heck, you could save some money on the cap, right? With the dead cap hit being $6.8 million, right? So there's just so many tentacles tied to mid-March, right? You laid out Cousins, you laid out Hunter. It's also now... Marcus Davenport, but I'm just telling you, on Daniil, like, Phil, I'll be shocked if he doesn't take the highest financial offer. This is his true chance, even though we thought it would be the second contract. They messed that up. His fault, his camp's fault on that one. Could have cashed out more, even though he really likes it here, but I'm just telling you, I think Daniil ends up taking the highest financial offer. On Jefferson, I think the intriguing thing here, guys, is not the fact that there is some type of Hiccup. I think it's this. We now know approximately what that that is because Dukes, we've talked about this for months now. It never made sense that, as, as you like to say, Penn was not put to paper before opening day last year o- over just like a financial. I want 135. No, we're going 132. Right? That that didn't make a ton of sense. It made a ton of sense that there was something about the contract itself, whether that be the term. You know, the Vikings were trying to sign a five-year d- deal. Jefferson was requesting three, which was suggested. But this report by Florio, to me, at least gives us context of the issue. And with context of the issue, I think what now becomes a conversation, at, at least, and Phil broached this on uh, Purple Daily yesterday, which is, does that issue force you to potentially, if you are going to draw a line in the sand both ways here, to consider at least making phone calls on potential trades here. Because this, to me, is a very intriguing one. Uh, First of all, good on the Jefferson camp 
first of all, for looking at Kirk and saying, if you were going to guarantee Kirk, you really should get guarantee us because Justin Jefferson's one of the best in the entire league. But the Vikings might say, sorry, we just don't. And now the question becomes, will a team capitulate and say, we will? But I think that this very much opens up some very difficult conversations and questions. I'm not saying that, that this is simple, and there's a lot of people who aren't going to want to go here. But this does at least cause you to broach the subject of, could this be just a simple line in the sand that forces the Vikings to explore their options? Well, I mean, I think they'll at least listen. I mean, would you guys agree, as important as Jefferson is, the number one goal for Quasey, that front office, KOC, is to find a quarterback that in theory can be successful under a rookie contract, but also the idea that this quarterback is going to be here for the next 10 to 15 years. That that trumps anything Justin Jefferson related. So let's just stretch mm-hmm. this out. Could you use Jefferson to move up to pick two or pick three, New England, to get that quarterback? If there's a quarterback they identify that they feel like, hey, there's no way that quarterback is going to be there at pick 11, is it possible? I guess I'm not dismissing it. I still think Justin Jefferson ultimately signed the contract extension. He remains in purple. But as you bring that up, Judd, I'm not seeing like 0% chance. Put it that way. Let me ask you guys this, all right? A little reckless speculation Thursday on a Tuesday here, okay? Reckless speculation. I'm going to give you two scenarios. And no, Judd, you don't get to make up a third scenario and and, and create an answer that isn't on the board here, okay? <laughs> okay. Two scenarios. All right, let's hear All right, I've got you, my pen. Go ahead. You can either have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson both back and highly paid. So Kirk, let's say on a two-year deal for like $80 million, plus the cap the cap hit from his voided out contract and you got to figure out how to how to just deal with that but it's Kirk highly paid 40 million dollars and Justin Jefferson highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL or you can trade Justin Jefferson maybe for one of those top 3 picks you let Kirk move on and so door number 2 would be you draft a quarterback in the top 3 and then you move your way maybe from 11 up even a little bit higher, but somewhere in that range, and you draft one of these other three wide receivers. Maybe you move up and go get Marvin Harrison Jr. with your 11 and a couple other assets. Would you rather have stud young quarterback, stud young receiver from this year's draft, or Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson both being paid near the top of their market at their position? Door two for me. Young. Young, because if I go, if I stay with status quo and I bring Kirk back, I'm basically saying that that I think I can win a Super Bowl with Kirk. And by the way, then I can't make any additions. Basically, no. For the future of the franchise, with where things stand, there have been there have been years where I would have said, "No, I'll take door one." In this case, I'm going door two. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Phil, that's a lot to digest. So you mean to tell me there's a pathway to getting Marvin Harrison Jr. in addition, or, or maybe Roma the young quarterback? Maybe or uh, Malik Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Malik Neighbors. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a lot, but okay, sign me up for that option. But does it matter what I think? If you're asking me what the Wilfs are thinking, so two years, 80 for Kirk mm-hmm. is 25 fully guaranteed. 
I think he's going to make you guarantee it. Yeah. I don't think you have. I don't think you have well, any I mean, leverage to not guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, Kirk Kirk would have to literally say, "I'm not going to explain. I don't even care what the Falcons have to say. What do you need me to do, Vikings? I want to be here." And he has shown zero evidence of that to this point. Correct. Yeah, and I mean, there's zero to evidence to suggest that he's willing to do that right now. This is even his with Super Bowl right now. Ongoing. He yeah. is dialed in right now. He is focused. He's working Tuesdays in his office. Okay, he's on. He's probably on the phone with his agent on Tuesdays. This is his time to shine, man. So I mean, I would imagine the Wilfs go with choice one. So yeah, Judd and I are choice two. The Wilfs go choice one if it's not a three-year deal for Kirk. And yeah, I mean, if JJ is re-signing, yes. I mean, of course, he will become the highest-paid non-quarterback. Yeah. Now, I do think I'll I'll break my own rule. I think an option three of Jefferson and a young quarterback would be ideal. But in this scenario, I think I go door number two as well. Because I know that at me and then breaking the rule. Cousins, it's it's my own game. game. (laughs) I don't care. Cousins plus Jefferson, highly paid, does not equal Super Bowl unless you are aces in your next three drafts. Probably. I mean, you would need to nail like an entire defensive starting front in the draft. You'd probably have to nail the number one cornerback somewhere too. So if the starting point is, unless somebody on this show disagrees, highly paid Kirk Cousins plus highest paid non-quarterback Justin Jefferson probably doesn't get you anywhere near a Super Bowl. Because where's the value? Where's the rest of your roster? Where, like, what, what, you know, how, how else are you building, right? Uh, I just like, if that's a non-starter for winning a Super Bowl, then don't do it. Don't do it. Like, move on to some other plan. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I just need the proof that the Wilfs are willing to do that. That's why I continue to say, like, I think the JJ deal gets done. It may be in the yeah, summer. And that's, and that's to fine. Be now. They can... Talk in person next week in Indianapolis, that's fine. They've had enough dialogue going back many, many months, right? So, you know, maybe talks advance next week. But it doesn't need to get done next week or the week after. It can get done two, three months from now. But till I hear otherwise, Phil, like I still think that's the most likely outcome. But wouldn't right now, so Dukes, I, I don't, one, I, I agree completely on the Wilfs' uh, state of mind because I think that we, we've all covered them enough to know that. Um, and I, I get what you're saying. Like, there's not a pressure cooker to like move on from Jefferson right now or to get the contract done. But I will say this, if you think about this with where this team stands right now, and and let's just say uh, for the sake of the conversation, that Kirk is going to walk because it certainly looks like that's a huge possibility. And let's say Daniil walks. Doesn't a decision on Jefferson sooner than later actually make a ton of sense? Because one, I do not think he is going to set foot again in Egan until the contract is done, nor do I think he should. And so, like, if you wait, if you're like, you know what, let's worry about everything else, and we'll slow cook JJ. And now it's still a problem of, and again, we seem to know the problem, guaranteed money. And the Jefferson's camp's like, we're not going to budge. And the Vikings are like, well, we can't do that. And now he doesn't show up. You've forfeited a chance to do what Phil just said, 
which is potentially maximize the trade value of Justin Jefferson immediately. And plus, here's your problem too. If this is a true problem between the Vikings and Jefferson's camp, the more this drags on, the harder it gets for the Vikings to maximize the trade return. So I guess my point is this. If this is not going to work, I think with where the Vikings are currently, I think it makes a ton of sense to try and get this resolved ASAP. Because if you flip the page by having two first-round picks and both are high, you could put yourself in a pretty good catbird seat as opposed to allowing this to fester. There are times with Jefferson where I would have done exactly that. I don't know this team is in a position now for that to be the wise move if, if, if as many veterans walk as we think are going to walk. All right, well, that's fair. Let me give you another tentacle to all this. What does Dallas give C.D. Lamb? And C.D. Lamb wants to become the highest paid non-quarterback, certainly the highest paid wide receiver. So what does Jerry Jones do to take care of C.D. Lamb? Presumably a deal gets worked out down there, right? So does that just continue to have that Jefferson number climb, climb, climb? So to your point, Judd, yeah, sure. Get the Jefferson deal done in the next month compared to waiting until July 28th. Here's another question for you guys, all right? The Reckless Speculation Tuesday is going nuts. <laughs> Reckless Speculation. Who do you think has a greater impact on winning football games and winning championships? A receiver like Justin Jefferson or an interior disruptive defensive trenches guy like a Chris Jones or like a Justin Matabuike from the Ravens guys who are going to get you 15 sacks interior blow up plays. Cause I would argue, well, I mean, well, if you give me Chris Jones from the super bowl, right. I mean, well, from the whole season, look at I mean, the chiefs, right. But that is also presuming you're getting quarterback level play like Patrick Mahomes. I think I would lean the wide receiver, but I know where you're going with that, Phil, that the evidence suggests the answer is not the wide receiver. I mean, what if you went and signed, now this would take two to tango, but what if you went and signed Christian Wilkins or you went and signed Justin Matabuike with the money that you were going to pay Justin Jefferson for the next four years? Go take the two first-round draft picks that you get for Justin Jefferson, leverage your way up the board for a quarterback, go draft another wide receiver on a rookie-scale contract next to Jordan Addison? Like, are there creative ways? Like, I feel like the discussion is so linear. Bring Cousins back, bring... Like, are there creative ways to build a better 53. That's what I hope they're talking about internally. And I'm not outright advocating for trading JJ, but I want to know, like, what's the plan for building a Super Bowl 53 here? I still want as many superstar talent player. Like, okay, Christian Wilkins is good. Is he in that first tier? He's second now, tier. He's not Aaron Donald. He's not Chris Jones. On Wilkins. Yeah, he's not Chris Jones. Like, to me, Justin Jefferson, now we can have a healthy debate about this, but to me, he's the best receiver mm-hmm. in the game. Now, fine, if you want to debate Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, whoever, fine, go ahead, Devontae Adams. I just happen to think Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the game. Heck, there's people in Detroit that will tell you, you know, Brown, right? Just give me Jefferson, okay? Yeah, those people like, are I crazy. Just, those two linemen you laid out, I, I need to do more work on those guys than I guess. Like, no, they're good, not- you know. Now, what does the money look like? How much money are you saving? But it would be, then invest, in my scenario, it would the be... Whatever is somewhere else. And I'm just, I, this is like a fictional scenario. There is a world where you could 
you could bring back a couple of the guys we're talking about, Jefferson included, and make room to sign one of these dudes in free agency. I'm not saying it's either or. What I'm saying is if you're going to pay one of them a lot of money, but along with that, I get money to spend on an interior pass rusher and I get two first-round draft picks in the trade for Jefferson. I mean, what's the calculus in this this front office and this ownership group have been playing checkers while other front offices have played chess, and that's why they can't win a playoff game. That's why they can't go back-to-back years and get to the playoffs. Like, they've only been to the playoffs back-to-back years once in 20 years. They're playing check. They're playing checkers while other front offices are playing chess. Other ownership groups are playing chess. So I'm just asking, like, what are the creative? Let's do some creative whiteboarding well, here internally at Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center. Disclaimer well, to that you the guys. Idea why you brought in Quasey to play some chess? In theory, you got to let him play chess, though. Mm-hmm. You know. Disclaimer too, though. This show is not suggesting that, that any of us want Justin Jefferson to Agreed. be traded. But if he's coming to you and saying something that contractually you can't do, and and Florio does explain that there are some teams that guarantee contracts more, which sort of confuses me. Because as far as I know, nobody guarantees contracts fully. Like the Cousins contract was unprecedented. And that was the Vikings in 2018. So I, I don't know what what he is referring to. And to Doogie's point, perhaps there is enough wiggle room within that for the Vikings and the Jefferson people to come to an agreement, but nobody's saying that we want Jefferson to be dealt. But if he, if he is basically giving you a scenario by which you will not do business and cannot live by, then you're going to have to do these things, get creative. The last thing is the more I think about this, I wonder if this is sort of, sort of the Genesis without explaining himself more of where the the Colin Coward Justin Jefferson to the Patriots yeah. scenario came from. He I think knew he heard, he heard that somewhere. He heard something mm-hmm. and he clearly didn't elaborate. Like yeah. this now makes it now makes more sense because on the surface I was still like I'm not trading Justin Jefferson, but if this is actually an issue where the Vikings are like we cannot budge, we will not budge. That's the only way that that type of thing starts to make some sense. Yeah. Well, I mean just. Look at the top three. Okay. Yeah, Chicago, likely to have some dialogue. But, like, of those top three, New England has always seemed like the most likely trade partner for the Vikings. Think about Quasty the last couple years. I mean, I get it first year moved way down, but there was some chatter of even moving up that year. But certainly last year, chatter of moving up for Anthony Richardson. I don't know how far off the ground it got. In fact, I'm not sure it got very far off the ground. But at least inquiries were made. Remember, I was told mid-season, I brought this up, in this space, this safe space, that Quasey, when he identifies something he wants, uber-aggressive. Like, he is going to do everything in his power to try to make it happen. Now, it takes two to tango, right? There's a lot of things he inquires on that just don't come to fruition. But Quasey trying to move up in this draft? Like, yes, like, I'll be shocked if he doesn't try or if he hasn't already right i mean those conversations started to take place in mobile at the senior bowl all right so yes right like to me new england makes the most sense how are you getting from 11 to 3 it's probably jefferson right like i guess you can concoct a scenario where it's a ton of draft picks phil but how exactly like logically speaking how are you getting from 11 to 3 to me, it probably involves Justin Jefferson. Also, if you go from 11 to 3 without, and you, let's say you do it just giving up future draft capital, 
are you in a situation that the Panthers are in where, all right, cool, we got our quarterback. Hopefully your quarterback performs better as a rookie than their quarterback did. But now you don't have any first-round picks the next couple of years to continue building a roster around that young quarterback. So that's something to think about. Here's another thing to think about. All right, I know Judd has correctly been saying for the last year or two on Purple Daily in this show that at some point, Kevin O'Connell has to develop another quarterback. But to this point through two years, Kevin has, at every turn, voiced his love for Kirk Cousins, his want for Cousins to still be here beyond 2023, hoping that he comes back from the Achilles. Like, There's no evidence to suggest that Kevin O'Connell is out on Kirk Cousins in front of the camera, behind the camera, anywhere, right? But there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Quasey is ready to move on from Cousins based on the stalling of the contract talks last year, this year, everything he said about wanting to maintain flexibility, his candid comments a year and a half ago to USA Today saying that, yeah, Kirk's not a Mahomes-type quarterback, right? You know, he like he's... I think it's safe to say that Quasey is very open to moving on, if not pushing to move on. Kevin, it's nice to have one of the top 12 quarterbacks in the world running your offense, throwing for 4,000 yards, right? What if those guys are in a room here this week, next week, and Quasey says, okay, it's time to make this decision. I want to move on from Kirk. We can't do this. From a front office standpoint, we can't do this. And Kevin says, over my dead body, dude, he's my quarterback. Look what we've done the last couple of years. You get him back in here. Like, could this create a rift between front office and co- I'm, it's, I don't think this is all just like everyone on the same page behind the scenes, I guess. I think you'd like to believe that everyone is, but I wonder if that's not the case. And Brian Flores is knocking on the damn door saying, let me into this conversation. Where's my edge rusher? Where's the Neil? Have you talked to Neil Neil? coming back? Yeah, where's my edge rusher? Where's my interior pass rusher? Where's my cornerback? Like, I need some pieces here, right? I worked wonders last year. I need more. Like, give me the talent. Phil, I don't think it'll get to that point. Yeah, do I think there's some disagreement at times? I don't know about specifically in this case. But could I potentially see some disagreement as you just laid out? Sure. But I don't think it would get to the breaking point of KOC saying, you know, like, hey, like Ziggy, Mark, you know, I'm calling you guys and, you know, Quasi and I can't work together. You know, this guy like wants to get rid of Kirk. Right? Can you believe this guy? Yeah, I don't think oh. it's going to get to that point. Yeah. Okay. But I think uh, there's let's... some healthy disagreement. You know, I'm not denying that. Right. But like, KOC's not an idiot either. Like, you know, if it does take guaranteed money in 26, like, Kevin has to just say, okay, Uncle Mercy, we're out. Like, we can't do that. I'm out on the guaranteed right? money in 2025, by the way. Just like, I, well, there's, there... then you're out. Okay. You know, like, it's not a hard decision then. Why are you guaranteeing $40 million well, a year for two years to a 36-year-old non-elite quarterback coming off an Achilles? Everyone should be fired if that happens. I will say this, you know. It's interesting. Quasi, Quasi post uh, his his sit down with with USA Today that Phil referenced a year and a half ago is pretty much quit talking. And when he does talk, it's just a lot of words. It's a lot of words that doesn't say much. O'Connell's much more of a politician, so I I would urge that we don't put a too much stock into what Kevin says at the podium. Like I think that there's times where he does definitely tell you things. But when it comes to Kirk, which is obviously going back to that crazy sit down, 
a very sensitive topic, Dukes. I've never like walked away and said he definitely like this is what he thinks. So I'm not saying that that KOC does not like Kirk, and I'm not saying that Dukes, you're, you're wrong. I think there probably is healthy disagreement between Quasi and Kevin at times. But I also don't think what Kevin has said at the podium about Kirk necessarily reflects his internal, what he says internally in the TCL Performance Center boardrooms about Kirk. I would agree with that. I'm fascinated to find out, you know, what plan they're formulating with both those guys at the podium one week from today. So next Tuesday in Indianapolis, Kevin O'Connell at the podium, then separately, Quasi Adolfo Mensa at the podium. What message will be conveyed. I promise you, there's a lot of meetings this week about what message to convey. Mm. Oh, this is such a juicy Negotiations timing. are difficult. We are very, we've been very intentional about our conversations. And intentionality <laughs> Super is... Super intentional. In, the intentionality of our conversations is the key to the bedrock of how this team has been built. And we believe that Kirk Cousins, no matter what happens has been a marvelous ambassador, along with Netflix, which I now have a free subscription to because <laughs> I watched the Kirk doc. I, it's going to be the greatest double speak of all time, I guarantee it. <laughs> hey, it before, is, we, but, before we get into... But meetings will ramp up. I mean, yeah. you know, and hey, I saw the Albert Breer note that yeah. like it was some sort of like surprise to some that Mike McCartney and... The Vikings, like, have recently spoken, of course. Like, they're having regular dialogue. I know Kirk went on the record at the Super Bowl saying things really won't ramp up until early March or sometime in March. But, yeah, the agent, of course. I mean, the agent has had regular dialogue with Rob Brzezinski, others with the Vikings, going back weeks. So hopefully that's not, like, some sort of, like, revelation. Yeah. Hey, before we empty the scoop bag here, a couple shout-outs. So, number one, we were, so we're transitioning to a new merchandise platform. So right now on our current platform, scorenorth.com slash shop, everything is 20% off. The Before I Die swag, the Victory Monday swag, Purple Daily, Flagrant Howls, all of it is 20% off with the promo code SALE, scorenorth.com slash shop, promo code SALE at checkout. Also, our friends at Zero Res are here to deep clean your homes. In fact, they have a 4.9 out of 5-star rating on Google with 17,000 reviews, which is pretty insane. Call Zero Res today or go to the website, ZeroResMinnesota.com, and ask for the Score North special. That's three rooms, Zero Resified, starting at just $119 and a free hallway. And this month, take $75 off when you get your air ducts Zero Res clean. That's 952-Zero-Res or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same, Zero Res. Okay, Doogie, last minute or two, Mike Conley comes back on a really team-friendly deal for one of the the better point guards in the NBA still, even in his late 30s. Uh, They're going to have to navigate some luxury tax things, second apron things, but they've got one of the best teams in the NBA. Mike Conley is one of the core pieces of what they're building here. So I love it. Tell us about Conley and anything else left in your scoop bag. Yeah, I mean, I love it too. I mean, they had to solve the point guard conundrum with Morris, a free agent this summer, before this extension, Conley, a free agent this summer. So they were looking at second apron possibilities regardless. Like on the surface, two years, $22 million, both years, fully guaranteed. Now, the contract has not been filed yet with the league, so I am curious if there's any mechanics 
you know, with that second year, the 25-26 season, like, does Mike have any hammer, power, anything? But, like, he's guaranteed the two years. Like, the Wolves, like, put it this way, it's not a team option for 25-26. So the Wolves don't have any sort of hammer in that regard. But just, like, on the surface, two years, north of $20 million? Like, now I don't know if there was a team with cap space this summer with Mike's desire to win at a high level. Like, I don't know if there was a great fit, but still, like, to me, incredible bargain. Like, if he ends up being a backup, even in a year or in two years, like, you pay that much money on a per-year basis for that leadership, to have that mind in the locker room. So, yeah, phenomenal deal. And, hey, I wasn't sure it would get done this fast. I brought up, well, heck, I brought up, you know, based on his comments back in October at Media Day, hey, there's an interest in him staying here beyond this year. But then I mentioned in early November, I checked, hey, talks had not picked up at all. Then I looked back through some text messages. I reported in this space on February 1st, the Reckless Speculation Thursday, but it wasn't Reckless Speculation that, hey, talks were underway. But still, from February 1st until now, I wasn't sure a deal would get done this fast. But you just you don't turn down. Like on the surface, regardless of everything else that they need to deal with this summer, you don't turn down that sort of money for a player of that quality who has proven. We thought a year ago when he came, Phil, there were some durability concerns. Zero durability concerns. They now know, you know, what he invests in his body, his nutrition, how he takes care of himself, that there is a thought that, yeah, I mean, he's going to miss a few games here and there. But, like, there's no fear that he's going, that body is going to break down significantly. So wonderful deal for the Wolves. And heck, here we go, right? Starting Friday, late Friday night against the Bucks, seven-game homestand, 27 games left, only 10 on the road. Now they have some more back-to-back, but even this weekend, like, are you fearful of a home back-to-back with Brooklyn, the second game of the back-to-back? Now I get it, Brooklyn just fired its coach. They'll probably be motivated on Saturday more so than if Jacques Vaughn was still the head coach. But, like, are you fearful of that back-to-back? To me, it's a very favorable schedule the rest of the way. To me, the Wolves are very well positioned to end up as the one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. Great stuff, Doogie. Darren Doogie Wilson from the five Eyewitness News sports team. Tuesdays and Thursdays here on Minnesota Sports with Matt. A few more notes, Sean Johnson, Twins Director of Scouting. I want to mock, right? We could do an MLB mock draft at some point if you really wanted to get deep into the weeds. But anyway, Sean's in charge of the Twins draft. They have two picks in the top 35 come July. They get one of those compensatory picks for losing Sonny Gray. Anyway, he was down in Arizona opening of college baseball over the weekend. So he saw Oregon State, Cal, Kansas State, New Mexico. He also got a chance to see a really good high school arm. Speaking of scouts, Oklahoma City Thunder, Orlando Magic had scouting representation at the barn on Sunday for that Gophers-Rutgers game. I will be interested to see what happens with Cam Christie. Not suggesting he's going pro after this year, but I would not be shocked. Put it this way, there are people over at the U who would not be shocked if he ends up at least testing the waters, right? I mean, you can go test the waters. You can go work out for teams, right? Then make a determination after a certain amount of time, okay, keeping my name in the draft or pulling out. It's just, it's not a great draft. Of course, there will be an all-star or two, right? I mean, there's enough guys, but this is not considered a great draft. So if you're Cam Christie, 
would you at least consider testing the waters? I'm just telling you, there are people at the U who would not be shocked if he does that. Yeah. All right, Dukes. We'll do it again on Thursday, man. Okay. Sounds Thanks, good. Dukes. See you, boys. Thank you. Great stuff. That's a wrap here. Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. Whew. Yeah. Cigarette after that. I've never had one. Reckless.